the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And I'm like, oh my goodness, you would think this guy could be so bitter, bitter against his brothers, bitter against Potiphar's wife. Welcome to Core Truth Radio, a radio ministry of Core Church Los Angeles with Pastor Steve Wilburn. Pastor Steve will be teaching the Word of God with truth right from the Bible. For more information, go to corechurchla.org. That's corechurchla.org. Now here's Pastor Steve with today's Core Truth. We're going to be in Genesis chapter 41. This is actually part two of a message we started yesterday, and I entitled it, Not Forsaken. And we're looking at Joseph. Now you remember, Joseph could have thought, man, I've been forsaken by God. Why? Because when he was 17 years old, his older brothers actually sold him into slavery. Why? Because they hated him. In fact, the Bible says they hated him even more because he was his father, Jacob. You remember Abraham, Isaac, Jacob? Well, his father, Jacob, favored him over all of the other sons, and they couldn't stand him for that. And then he started having these dreams where it said that they were all going to bow down to him. They're like, we're not bowing down to you, you squirrely little punk. (laughs) It's like, and so they hated him. And so they wanted to kill him. But instead of killing him, they ended up selling him as a slave. Well, he got into Egypt. He was bought by a man, and it almost appears that God completely redeems his life. He gets raised up in this wealthy man's house. He's running all of his affairs, and and all that the rich owner, Potiphar, all he did, the Bible says all he did every day was think about what he was going to eat. Could you imagine a life like that? Like, yeah, I get up every day, and all I think about is, well, where are we going to have lunch? (laughs) It's like, hey, not a bad life. But he was really blessed. And I'm sure that you know he was thinking, well, you know what? My life uh, started off pretty bad, but God has redeemed my soul. Then Potiphar's wife was a hussy. <laughs> she wanted to sleep with him because the Bible does say that Joseph was handsome in form and appearance. What does that mean? Form meaning he had the chiseled out body. Give me some duct tape. I'm ripped. I mean, this guy was Mr. Sixpack. He could be on the cover of GQ magazine. He was good looking. You know, the Bible doesn't always say too much about how people look. And there's a few places where it talks that someone is extremely beautiful, like Esther, of course, was extremely beautiful. But when the Bible says that, you pretty much know that they're pretty darn good looking. And that's what Joseph was. So Potiphar's wife wanted to sleep with him. He's like, hey, lady, how can I do this thing? I can't sleep with you. You're my boss's wife. Plus, how could I do this great sin against God? Well, of course, she didn't like that. And so she said that he attacked her, which he didn't. And he's thrown in prison. So now he's been in prison for like, who knows, seven, eight years. And I'm like, oh my goodness, you would think this guy could be so bitter, bitter against his brothers, bitter against Potiphar's wife, bitter against Potiphar because he didn't believe him. He believed his, you know, wife, the hussy over him. But all of these things, but it's about to get 
Very interesting here. So we're going to continue this study here, picking up from those points. Genesis 41, let me read you the text. It says this, by the way, you're driving. You drive, I'll read the text. Anyway, it says, now it happened at the end of two full years that Pharaoh had a dream. And behold, he was standing by the Nile. And there at the Nile, there come up seven cows, you know, sleek and fat, and they grazed in the marsh. And then seven other cows came up from the Nile. They were ugly and gaunt, and they stood by the other cows on the bank of the Nile. And the ugly and gaunt cows, they ate up the seven sleek and fat cows. Then Pharaoh awoke. Oh my goodness, what is this? You know, he, but he falls asleep again and he dreams a second dream. And behold, seven ears of grain came up from a single stalk, plump and good. And behold, seven ears thin and scorched by the east wind sprouted up next to them. And then now the good ears, you know, were swallowed up by the bad ears. And then Pharaoh woke up again and behold, it was a dream. Now in the morning, his spirit was troubled. He was frightened. So he sent and he called for all the magicians of Egypt and all the wise men. And Pharaoh told them his dreams. But there was no one who could interpret that dream for Pharaoh. Then the chief cupbearer spoke to Pharaoh saying, "Uh, excuse me, I would make mention today of my own offenses. Pharaoh was furious with me talking about two years earlier and with his servants. And you put me in confinement in the house of the captain of the bodyguard, both me and the chief baker. Well, we had a dream on the same night. And he and I, each of us dreamed according to the interpretation of his own dream. Now there was a Hebrew youth with us in the prison, a servant of the captain of the bodyguard. And we related the dream to him. And he interpreted our dreams for us. To each one he interpreted according to his own dream. And just as he interpreted for us, so it happened. And he restored me to my office, but he hanged the baker. So it's like, wow. Now, again, the last verse of chapter 40 of Genesis said that the cupbearer forgot Joseph. You remember that? After he had told him his dream that he was going to be restored to his position with Pharaoh, it's like he said, listen, listen, can you just tell him that I've been falsely accused and get me out of this dungeon? But then the last thing said was, he forgot him. Don't you hate when you're forgotten? Oh, my goodness. Like someone forgets your anniversary, your birthday, your special moment. Oh, it's just horrible. Yet the first verse of chapter 41 said, at the end of two full years. See, you look in your Bible, you go to the end of chapter 41, you pick up at the, you know, or the end of chapter 40, and you pick up at the uh, beginning of chapter 41, it's only about a quarter inch, but two years just blew by. Oh my goodness, two full-blown years blew by of this hardship that he's now, Joseph, still in prison. This miserable circumstance goes on. How could God allowed Joseph to just sit there. Remember, he was falsely accused. He's been in prison at this point, who knows, up to 10 years. He was an innocent man. He did nothing but please the Lord. He did everything right. And yet, all his circumstances turned to mush. Yet, he's rotting away in this dungeon. Know this, We can never assume that God doesn't see or care about the injustices that are happening to us. See, people will mock God and say, you know, if he's really God, why would he allow this to happen to me? But hold on. Didn't we as a country, along with the world, excommunicate God? 
Haven't we abandoned him? Haven't we abandoned God's word? Haven't we abandoned his precepts? Haven't we chosen to live by our own standards? Haven't we created our own morality? Haven't we embraced sin over God's word? You wonder why the wills are coming off in America right now. All the riots. You know, we're defunding the police and what's happening? Oh, gee, crime is skyrocketing. Gee, I wonder why, you know? And we wonder, well, what's the root of all this? Well, it's all because everyone's a racist. Uh, Maybe it's because we abandoned God. Maybe that's the real reason. Yes, when injustices happen, our circumstances go haywire, we're all too quick to shake our fists and blame God. But let's all remember exactly what the Bible says, because maybe you've had some hardship in your life, and maybe you blame God. Like, I don't know why God's allowed this, and I don't know why this hardship, and you kind of have this little bit of a grudge against God. But it says in Lamentations 3.39, it says, Why should any living mortal or any man offer complaint in view of your own sins? Like, who are we to say, oh, God, you're not being just towards me, when we are full of sin in our own life? Are we really Mr. or Mrs. Perfect? Do we do everything right? No, we're a disaster many times. Oh, there's times that we have good days and we try to be nice. And, oh, we might even recycle. And, oh, I even rescued a a rescue dog. He ate my couch. I'm ready to kill him. But that's a whole other point. Okay, but anyway, he goes on to say in Lamentations in verse 40, let us examine or greatly scrutinize our own lives and let us return to the Lord. See, we cannot just shake our fists at God because we don't know the bigger picture. We don't know what's happening. God was about to do something radical and crazy in Joseph's life. All these years that has gone down the tubes, about 13 years now, has gone completely down the tubes. And yet, God is ready to do something. Let us never forget the thing that you think is going to break you, the thing that you think is going to crush you, the thing that you think is going to grind you into powder— could very well be the very thing that God is going to use to mold and to make you into the man or the woman that he desires you to be. See, I'm a little older now, still in good shape, just want to point that out. But anyway, it's like I can look back 10, 20, 30, 40 years in my life and say, you know, I can't believe that happened or that happened. And why did this happen? But it was through all those hardships, like my parents getting a divorce when I was 16 years old and me being on my own and All the problems with getting into drugs and drinking, getting a girl pregnant in high school. Man, I feel like by the time I turned 18, I had to reach up to touch the bottom. But yet, it was all of these things combined is what drove me to Christ. And it's all those hardships I've had in my life. Me and my wife have been married now for over four decades. We have four kids and 10 grandkids. It's like, oh my goodness. It's like, man, all of these things, we've had hardships galore. But it's like, if you start pulling those hardships out of your life, if you start saying, well, I wish that would have never happened and that never would have happened and that would have never happened, I would no longer be who God has made me today. God uses those things to refine us. He uses those things to drive out the hardships and to make us trust in the Lord God. That's why it says in Ecclesiastes 11.5, Just as you do not know the path of the wind or how the bones are formed in the womb of a pregnant woman, so you do not know the activity of God who makes all things. 
So look, I, I don't even want to try to explain or give an answer to why you're going through the hardship that you might be going through right now or the severe circumstances that you're having to endure. But I know this for sure, that God wants you to trust in him through this horrid situation that you're in right now so that one day you'll be prepared to be someone that can talk to someone else who's walking down the same path of pain as you're walking on and be able to comfort them with the words that God has comforted you in this time. And speaking of this time, hey, uh, I don't know about you, but are you getting a little tired of the whole COVID nightmare for the last year? It's like, if you're anything like me, now that things are starting to loosen up a little bit, there's one thing I'm thinking about, and you know what it is? Vacation! Well, actually, I'm thinking about a lot of other things. I'm thinking about lunch. I'm always thinking about food. But one of the things I'm thinking about is vacation. And, you know, we had planned, before COVID ever came on us, we had planned to do a trip called the Footsteps of Paul. And what are the Footsteps of Paul? Well, it's going to all the places that Paul, the Apostle Paul, the evangelist, started churches. I mean, look, he was the ultimate evangelist. You know, when you look at these books in the Bible like Philippians, well, what was that? That was a letter written to the church at Philippi. You know, the the Colossians is a, a letter written to the church at Colossae. You know, First and Second Thessalonians was letters written to the church that was at Thessalonica. You know, First and Second Corinthians was letters written to the church at Corinth. Well, the footsteps of Paul, we're going to go to all those places. We're going to go to Philippi. We're going to go to Thessalonica. We're going to go to Corinth. We're even going to go to the island of Patmos. That's where the Apostle John wrote the book of Revelation. So this is a trip that goes in all these places that Paul preached the gospel. We're going to Greece. We're going to Mars Hill. That's where he talked to the Epicurean and Stoic philosophers and preached Jesus to them. We're even going to this island of Santorini. You're thinking, wait a second, where's that in the Bible? It's not, but it's the most beautiful island there. And so this is going to be an awesome, wonderful Bible excursion slash vacation. And what a blessing. So if you don't mind traveling with me, which could be a scary thought for you, but if you want to hang out, why don't you plan on going on this trip with us? It's going to be this coming October, so it's like, what, four or five months away, and it's like, you could go with me, and we could do this trip together. So it's going to be all over the Mediterranean Sea. It's going to be such a blast. I think we all need a little bit of break. Life's been a little too serious for this last year. So Plan this trip with me. You can go to our website, corechurchla.org, and then you'll see an icon on there. You click the icon. It takes you over. We're going with Imagine Travel, and then there's a tour code, and it's all there on the website. It's Core Church uh, LA 21. So it's uh, the year you know 2021, and it's Core Church LA. But why don't you come with me? It's a 10-day trip, and there's even, for those of you that want to really go a long time with me, there's a four-day extension and it's a Rome extension where we'll go all over Rome. I mean, we're going to go to the Colosseum and I see the Mamertine prison where Paul wrote the, the prison epistle. So anyway, why don't you come with me on vacation, October 2021. You got a few months to, you know, before it happens, but you got to get signed up quick. There's a discount that's going to be in place here for the next couple of weeks, but you got to get signed up. So anyway, check it out and 
Come vacation with me. But anyway, getting back here to our study with Joseph. See, we can never just blame God. Even when something looks unjust, we have to remember God is the creator of the universe. The fact that he loves us in spite of our failures and our own wickedness is a miracle in itself. But the fact that he does is just one of those beautiful things. And when we enter into those seasons that don't seem to make sense to us at all, hardships, difficulties, just like what we see in Joseph's life, we must take a step back. We must go back to the last thing that we do know, and that is this, that God loves us, and that somehow, some way, he's going to get us through this time, because he cares about us. So instead of raising our fists at God and somehow demanding to know, hey, why is this happening? Why me? Why this? Why now? You know, we should instead humble ourselves before God, seek to learn what he's trying to show us, you know, of what he desires to do in our life through this hardship. And that's what Joseph is about to discover, for it will literally change the course and direction of the rest of his life. Joseph, along with the rest of God's people, will be totally affected by what is about to happen. And it's still affecting us today as we read this story, thousands of years later, learning from the hardships of his life. Who would have thought after Joseph had his first crazy dream about his brothers bowing down to him, that God was going to change everything in his life through dreams and horrendous hardships. But as crazy as it sounds, it's true. I wonder if when we're in the middle of our hardships, if we continue to serve God with a fervent spirit like what Joseph did, or if we only gripe and complain and allow our misery to rock our faith. But here we have Joseph. He's waking up in a dungeon, you know, just another day, just another week, just another year, and seemingly forgotten. But yet, he was not forgotten by God. Again, one day, it appeared like any other day, he got up, maybe he had his oatmeal every morning, who knows? It was just another day. But God gave Pharaoh a horrendous dream that was a little creepy. In fact, it rocked him out of his comfort zone. And he called for all of his wise men and magicians, but no one could interpret it. Ugly and skinny cows eating fat, healthy cows, thin and scorched grain consuming healthy grain. Hey, Pharaoh, did you eat a late night jalapeno pizza last night or what? Yeah. Verse 9 said that all of a sudden the cupbearer gets a shot of memory from the Holy Spirit of God. He said, remember when you threw me in the prison? I had a dream, and a young man there told me exactly what the dream meant, and he was right. Hey, Pharaoh, I know who can help tell you what this dream means, which brings this other thought up here, speaking truth. Uh, let me read to you what it says in Genesis forty-one twenty-five. It says, now Joseph said to Pharaoh, Pharaoh's dreams are one and the same. God has told to Pharaoh what he is about to do. And the seven good cows are seven good years. And the seven good ears are seven years. The dreams are one and the same. And the seven lean and ugly cows that came up after the seven years, he says those are seven thin uh, scorches all came up. It's going to be seven years of famine. Then I spoke to Pharaoh. And God has shown to Pharaoh what he's about to do. Behold, there's going to be seven years of great abundance coming 
famine on the land of Egypt. But after that, seven years of famine. Now, let Pharaoh look for a, a discerning and wise man to lead Egypt. And let Pharaoh take action and appoint overseers to charge the land, you know, for this. And verse 35 says, then let them gather all the food for all the good years coming. And then so then Pharaoh said, well, wait a second. Who are we going to get to have do this? Oh, my goodness. So they sent for Joseph. Verse 14 said they shaved and changed his clothes because, well, you know what, Joseph, you stink. Okay, so we got to clean you up before you go on the Pharaoh. He's the leader of the known world. So anyway, understand, we are vessels. We need to be available to be used by God in season and out of season. And there was Joseph, just another day in prison. But yet when the day came, he was ready to go. So getting back to Joseph, God gave him an immediate wisdom. Why? Because who would have ever thought that Joseph would be standing in the presence of the most powerful leader on planet Earth? So Joseph gets to work. God gives him the interpretation of the dream. And he says, look, this is what's going to happen. It's going to be seven years of plenty and seven years of nothing. So, man, you've got to make this thing happen. And then that's when his integrity was rewarded. And he says, you've got to find a guy. So what happened? Pharaoh said in verse 37, when this proposal seemed good to Pharaoh and all his servants, Pharaoh said to his servants, Can we find a man like this to whom there is a divine spirit? He says, So Pharaoh said to Joseph, Since God has informed you of all there is, no one is as discerning as you are. You shall be over my house, and according to your command, all my people should do homage. Only in the throne I will be greater than you. Wow! This is incredibly insane. Grasp on to the glory of what God has done for this faithful, non-complaining, humble servant. This young man of great integrity. This man who shined in the midst of his horrible circumstances. Pharaoh was astonished. He couldn't believe the wisdom that God had poured out into Joseph's life. He said in verse 38, God has given you wisdom, and there is no one as wise and discerning as you. Let's not forget, these are the people that built the pyramids in the Sphinx. You know, they were the wisest and smartest people on the planet. Yet God raised up Joseph to be second in command. There was no indication that Joseph was, you know, jockeying for position here. Why would he even think that? He was a foreigner. Plus, he was a prisoner. This was the obvious hand of God working on the behalf of Joseph after all those years of pain, after all of the strain, after all the rejection of his brothers being sold as a common slave, being falsely accused, thrown into prison, forgotten in what seemed to be forsaken. Joseph went from the pit of despair to becoming the second most powerful man on the face of the earth. Wow. See, we never know the end until the end gets there. And maybe you've had a, a rough go at it. Maybe you've had some problems that have been hanging on for a long time. Well, all I know is this. God allows the sun to shine on the wicked and the righteous, and he allows it to rain on the wicked and the righteous. But in the midst of whatever pain we might be enduring, I know that God wants to work in and through all of us. I wonder if there's maybe someone listening that you become a little bitter and you need to get right with God. I just say, you know, let it go. 
Let it go. And if you find yourself as a prodigal son or a prodigal daughter, maybe you've caused your own pain by your own sin, or maybe it's just been dropped on you. But if you need to get right with God, pray this prayer, and I know God will hear you. Pray this now. Lord Jesus, forgive me of my sin. I believe you died for me. I believe you rose again. Come inside of me. Work in my heart. Please, Lord, don't forsake me. Come alongside me, Lord. Be my Lord. Be my God. Be my Savior. And be my friend. And fill me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Listen, if you just prayed that prayer, I want to mail you a Bible that's got notes in it to help you in your walking relationship with Christ. You can email me at Bible at CoreChurchLA.com. That's Bible at CoreChurchLA.com. Give me your name and address, and we'll get one in the mail. God bless you. Thanks for joining us for Core Truth Radio. You've been listening to pastor and Bible teacher Steve Wilburn of Core Church Los Angeles. If you'd like to hear more messages by Pastor Steve, download the Core Church Los Angeles free app available on iOS and Android. Core Truth is sponsored by and a listener-supported outreach of Core Church LA. If you have been blessed by this program, consider supporting our radio ministry by texting Core Church LA to 77977. You can also give via our app or online at corechurchla.org, as well as writing to P.O. Box 34789, Los Angeles, California, 90034. 